Welcome back to Primetime KC. It is conference championship weekend, and the Chiefs, for a sixth consecutive year, are back in it. This time, though, we'll be on the road in Baltimore. We'll break down that matchup as well as recap uh, NFL Divisional Weekend, which was a really, really good weekend. Three of the four games were pretty entertaining. Uh, and then we've got two pretty good matchups set up for this week. One could be an all-time classic between Mahomes and Lamar. Uh, guys, for the sixth straight year, Chiefs are here. We've done this podcast for six years. I don't want to give us too much credit, but I, mean, I think I mean, we kind of I think we kind of birthed this. Best. I think we kind of birthed this. I will say this: I think Sam Collinsworth birthed this. <laughs> that is a that's a shout and a half. Yeah. Um, I will say this: we didn't go to training camp this year, so I'm a little worried. Yeah, there's only so much we can do. <laughs> We're in a there's bit, only so much we can do. We're in a little fair, bit of trouble there. Uh, also, we went to training camp in 2021, didn't we? We did. So, yeah. yeah so, so you know, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I mean, end of the day, it's uh, not undefeated. It's not undefeated. Statistically, nobody. I saw this stat the other day. The guy, the team that beat Josh Allen in the playoffs, has lost the next week every single time. Yeah, I've seen that. But that, hey, we have the is, KU stat too, so that is, we're we're beating all these stats. Yeah, we you know, there's stats are meant to be broken. You know, trends are meant to be broken. But at the end of the day, uh, this will be a tough matchup. Let's get into divisional weekend. We have some time. We're going to recap each game. Let's start with Ravens Texans. At first, I thought Houston was going to hang in there. At half, it's ten ten. All the pressure in the world's on Baltimore going into the second half. Lamar, really that second half, his legacy is on the line. And I thought, in all honesty, that was about as good as Lamar Jackson has played in his NFL career. Yeah. Well, especially considering how the first half went, right? Because it was all of the usual things that we've seen hinder Lamar. Lots of blitzing from the Texans. And it just it just felt a little disjoint. One of the things keeping Houston in the game was a defensive touchdown. So obviously, uh, I wasn't. It wasn't smooth sailing out of the gates. But yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, the Ravens showed their class in this one, and I think the Texans are just at the at this point in time a level below um, needed to really give the Ravens a game for four whole quarters. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I had worked during this game, so I wasn't really able to watch a lot of it. I just have heard how dominant the Ravens' defense was, and that's not shocking at all. Uh, we know what they can contribute to this Ravens team. I mean, they're going to go down as probably one of the better defenses we've seen in a, in a long time. So, yeah, I mean, they did ex- exactly what I want to expect them to do, if not more. I saw a crazy stat. The Ravens have existed for 28 years. They've had a top defense in 19 of those 28 years. Like, that is just that's impressive. insane. That, that they are the, like, the top? Or I was going to say, the top one? or top five? A top 10 like, defense what? in 19 of their 28 okay. years. It's okay. just ridiculous. Yeah. That is that's... insane. You think about it, though. Like Ray is Lewis, a scoring Terrell defense? Suggs, uh, I, I'm not sure what the exact – if it went by points per game or if it just went by total defense, but – Whatever the metric was, mm-hmm. it's either points per game or total defense. They have been 19, 19 of their 28 years. They've been either way, impressive. 10. And they yeah. are again. I mean, that's the thing about this team is it's like Lamar Jackson on his own is scary enough. And the offense they've kind of created after firing Greg Roman, 
uh, and bringing in Todd Munkin to be the OC is scary enough. Now they have, I mean, not that they had a bad defense before, but this defense is just ridiculously good at all levels. This DC they have, I'm, I'm blanking on his name if anybody knows it, but he's supposed to get a head coaching job this offseason. He's fantastic. I think it's McDonald or some shit like that. Uh, it could be yeah. wrong. But anyways, yeah, Baltimore's defense is insane. Mike McDonald, I think. That's it, that's it, yeah. Um, they gave up three points to Houston, who C.J. Stroud looked unstoppable for the last month of football, really his entire rookie season. And you look at both matchups, week one, the Texans put up nine points against Baltimore. And this week, or this past week, their offense only put up three with the special teams getting the touchdown. So, yeah, man, this Ravens defense is tough. At half, you were thinking, at least I was thinking, like, holy shit, we might get another Ravens absolute postseason collapse, postseason stinker. Second half, they came out and looked like the number one seed. So then we went yep, into they absolutely did. Saturday night's game, Sorry, which this started really the last three games of the weekend were fantastic, starting with this one, Green Bay at San Francisco. Man, 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 man. The one that got away. The one that got away. I'll, I'll let y'all talk about it. But, uh... I had money on it, and then I got very stupid. Uh it's not here, there. I had money on it, so whenever the, <laughs> whenever the Packers lost, I wasn't happy. And then Jackson said, come on. And I was like, I really don't even feel like I should say it. I just said it because I felt like I needed to. But, no, Jackson, I was I was shocked by the Packers. You guys have a very bright future. You fired Joe Brady. Joe I have Brady. nothing but good yeah. things to say about the Packers, whatever his name is. Yeah, that was I, I was shocked. Um, Okay, this is really the one that got away when you consider the way it was going, and then Debo Samuel goes out of the game. Um, it it really would be. I think it's. I think it's probably the most painful loss of the week. Um, I would say even more than the Buffalo game. It 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 just didn't really work out. That you know you have the missed kick, um, and you just have the Packers like definitely playing to the level necessary to win the game. Like, I mean, that's really all you can ask for. Um, and they they put themselves in a better position than I think anyone expected them to. It 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 ended up not falling their way, and that really sucks. But, man, I mean, the Packers, at the end of the day, they, they don't have too much to hold their heads over here. It was always going to be hard to get through two more rounds. So I don't think, you know, we're looking at a massive missed opportunity in the grand scheme here. But... It definitely was one that could have been amazing. I have to hate to say it, hate to say it, but that's kind of my read on it. I think what hurts the most is I genuinely believe they could have gone and beaten Detroit this upcoming weekend. I really do think they could have. Um, that's what yeah, really they sucks. could have. They're, uh, they they're, already did beat Detroit yeah. in Detroit this season on Thanksgiving. It's just oh my god, it, it sucks. Uh, it's such a typical Packers playoff loss, man. It's like every time they lose in the playoffs, it's the most excruciating heartbreaking. They never just get their ass kicked. It always has to be a close loss. It always has to be you're one or two plays away and like man, if that fucking if Carlson just makes that field goal to put the Packers up 7, that game is like completely different. The pressure is completely different. Everything is completely different in that situation. You know, I, I for you know, love through that far of like interception at the end of the game, which was terrible, but I thought for the most part Jordan played a pretty solid game. Good enough to win. Yep, for sure. They uh, 
They did what a lot of teams don't do. They ran the hell out of the football against San Francisco, which is really tough to do. And I thought for the most part, outside of a few big breakaways, they held McCaffrey in check about as well as any team can hold McCaffrey in check. It just sucks when you blow an opportunity like that. Going into the game, I didn't expect Green Bay to win at all. I really just was hoping that they would, you know, not lose by like 30 I was hoping maybe they'd keep it close for a little bit and San Francisco would pull away late. But what sucks is you really go back at that game and you leave it as a loser, but you leave it feeling like you played better. It felt like Green Bay was the better team Saturday night, and they just lost the game because of stupid mistakes like a missed field goal. Um, Obviously loves two interceptions. And I think more than anything, the dropped interceptions are what haunts me the most. I mean, you talk about the first possession of the game. Darnell Savage has a pick right in his fucking hands. Purdy throws it right to him. He drops it later in the game. I mean, there was at least two to three that Purdy threw right to a Packer that fell incomplete. That should have been turnovers. It sucks, but that I mean, that's kind of the reality of being a young NFL team, especially as one of the youngest to ever make the playoffs is you're going to make stupid mistakes in, in big moments. You're not necessarily going to always be ready for the moment. And, you know, give it to San Francisco when it they absolutely had to have that last drive. They came through and they and they got it. And it's a big reason why Joe Barry's, you know, needed to go is because when you needed a stop the most throughout his three years in Green Bay, he never could find a way to muster a stop. And I'm not going to sit here and shit on Joe Barry for this game against San Francisco. I thought the defense played actually pretty well, but like you guys mentioned, Debo Samuel was not in the game, and that is a completely different off. Brock Purdy's a completely different quarterback when Debo Samuel's not in the game. Um, it sucks, it stings, but it, it stings less than some of the ones in the past for me, just because it feels like we're building something in Green Bay rather than, you know, it's over. And the last few years with Rodgers, every year you lost in the playoffs, you're like, it's over. You know, it's, we're, we're fucked where the, 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 the window's closed. And right now, it just kind of feels like the window's kind of being crept open. And maybe that's just delusional. Maybe I'm just being a little too optimistic. But I really do feel like that's the worst Green Bay's going to look for the next few years. Like, I feel like you give Love another offseason. You get these young receivers more reps. You bring in a new defensive coordinator. And I just don't see Green Bay getting worse. I think... Most of NFL fans would agree this Packers team going forward looks pretty promising. Yep, absolutely. I think I think I I kind of get that vibe from the way that I mean, look, you were you were not a mess after this game, and I have to say, like, I definitely would have been given that at halftime there was a pretty good reason to believe that you know it could be done. But I think as much as moral victories are lame. And not really fun. Um, I think the situation for the Packers is like better than you know twenty five teams in the NFL right now. So there's no uh, no reason to be too upset at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to like what Josh was talking about last week, where Josh was like, if you lose this week, it's a disappointment, it's a failure. And I and I disagreed with that before the Niners game, and I, and I'd still disagree with that today. It's like. I don't think it was a it I'll, I'll give it it was disappointing to lose that game but it's not a failure to lose that game same way for the Texans it's not a failure to lose that game to Baltimore we'll get into failure <laughs> coming up with the Buffalo and Kansas City game you want to talk about failure the Bills are a failure 
Packers and Texans. No, I mean, man. I texted, I texted John last week mid podcast. I was like, I just love twisting your balls because I mean, yeah, I love that. You that was a up. wind up session, and I just if that you, was really that was really friggin' entertaining. Let me tell you, it, it was so entertaining. Oh, I get the fire lit, and I just keep dumping gas on it, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. I'm gonna keep doing it, and that's exactly what was happening. So, like, I knew if I said anything bad about the Packers. You were just going to go off on a tangent, and it made it for in fantastic hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the fact you just said that, Josh, makes me concerned about you as a person. Keep the fire <laughs> lit and keep pouring gas on it. Yeah. All right. No, I not in real life. I would never do. There that, will be a day. You, there will be a day. You got a burner. There will be a day where I can hit Josh where it hurts, and it's going to be a fantastic day. But uh, no, you know, overall. Is what it is. San Francisco should feel very fortunate they got out of that game with a win. Uh, Green Bay, I don't think there's five teams in the NFL with a brighter future than the Packers. You give me the next five years, I think Houston and Kansas City are probably the two teams that you would look at as like, yeah, those two teams going forward probably Buffalo. are going to win a lot of games. Potentially Buffalo, you know, but I'm just saying, especially in the NFC how many NFC teams have a brighter future than the Green Niners? Bay as long as Kyle Shanahan's there, it doesn't matter who the quarterback. Sure, is. but that's an aging roster. I mean, you're Here's talking about question. Kittle's in his 30s, Trent Williams in his 30s. I mean, keeping Ayuk and Debo forever is not gonna. You know, McCaffrey's 28. Like, I really do feel like roster-wise and coaching-wise, I'll say this: I was really impressed by Matt Lafleur. I thought Lafleur did a hell of a job. I think Lafleur outcoached Shanahan all game. I really do. Mm. I think Shanahan obviously has the better roster, but I think Lafleur really outcoached him. Because if you gave, if you swapped those rosters, I think Lafleur with San Francisco would have rolled over Green Bay in that game. I'll I'll take it a step further and say, what um where does Jordan Love rank as far as NFC quarterbacks go? Like it's somewhere hard. between like one and three. It's really Four? hard. It's I it, mean, it's like. Who's the best quarterback in the NFC? And that's just such a no wide one, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard such to make a an argument for anyone, wide open anyone. discussion. It's not Dak. Yep. Yep. And you could say it's Jalen Hurts. You could probably argue it's Jalen Hurts, but Philadelphia. But that's hard too. That's hard terrible. too. I say this I like mean, you just got cooked. It's like you could argue golf, and I hate – I don't hate golf, but I don't like golf that much. Matthew Stafford. Stafford's definitely up there. I, I, you could argue Stafford's one, but, like, the NFC quarterbacks are weak, and it's like I pray to God the Bears convince themselves to keep Justin Fields and not take Caleb Williams because if they do, holy shit, like Green Bay's got the best quarterback in the NFC North. Dude, oh, see, yeah, uh, as, a, as on the Chiefs' side – I am praying they take Caleb Williams. Like, in a world where Caleb Williams falls to the Patriots, oh, no boy. thank you. I'd like, let's yeah. not let's not pool up the AFC quarterbacks any more than we already Dude, have. I don't Caleb think you'd Williams have to worry, to though, because... One, the commanders are taking him at Yeah, the two. commanders would take him at two if he didn't go one. Oh, I forgot the Patriots picked three. Okay, so, good. Then he's I, definitely going to the NFC. Let's go. I would I love think... to see him in... I'd love to see him in Washington rather than Chicago, but... Regardless. I will say this. I know I've been a big Justin Fields supporter, but I've been thinking about like what I would do if I were the Bears. Justin Fields is expecting a contract, I think, next year. Caleb Williams could be put on a four-year rookie contract. That gives the Bears a win-now mentality schedule. And is that the risk you're willing to take? I think it is if you're the Bears. Is it even a risk? 
I, like that's my argument is yes this man didn't do good at all at usc this year that that's a not true b he did good he didn't live up to his hype he also didn't have the, with, the, the roster risk is picking with justin Fields. yes in my a opinion, million percent is, but dude Caleb you can get the third pick option. or something and get marvin harrison jr if you don't like Caleb, Caleb, I, I, I will die on this hill too if you don't like caleb williams enough i would take drake may over justin fields i really would just from what I've Hell seen. No. Okay, yeah. this is the problem yes. with scouting. Is everyone's like, he went to North Carolina. That's where Trubisky and yes, Sam Howell went. You've been wrong on every single quarterback prospect not true. since this podcast has been true. Or it's, it's been true. created. Oh, I have looked at the, the board blindly and have done way better than you have. No. I mean, okay. yeah, I've had some okay. misses. We're cutting sure. off the Bears discourse. Come on. We can't do no, this. fucking Zach Wilson all year last year. Oh, my God. TJ Shouts a guy. I can tell you who's going to be good just by looking at it. I don't need to go through hours of film. Sure. Okay. Go fucking be um, an NFL scout then. Go, go whatever, fuck. whatever, Mel Kuyper. Yeah. <laughs> no, Mel Kuyper's the third in this podcast, and it ain't me. You, uh, Dude, I guarantee you we can pull some takes out. There's no way you're just a quarterback whisperer, buddy. Yeah. Sorry. Let us not forget, before this podcast was a thing, that I was high on Mahomes and you weren't. So let's fucking... Calm down for a second, buddy. Before we got the mics flowing, I said Mahomes was going to be good quarterback. You were like, no. yeah, you did. I'll give you. You were like, hell no. So shut the hell okay. up. All Let's right. move on to Sunday. All right, I Fucking... love the championship weekend. We still got Zach Wilson yeah. and Justin Fields. It's never going to stop. That's a hell of a. That's a hell of a thing. Great. Uh, Buccaneers at Lions. Lions thirty-one twenty-three. Ended up being a pretty entertaining game, but there was really no point in this game. I personally felt like Tampa was going <laughs> to pull away a win. I just never really thought they would. I felt like this was Detroit's to lose the entire time. And Look, I mean, this was the perfect Detroit Lions spot. The better team at home, perfect conditions. This is where golf flourishes. And they, they offensively played great. The thing you worry about if you're Detroit heading forward is they, going back to week 16, have allowed each quarterback they face, going 16, 17, 18, wild card divisional to throw for over 345 passing yards. So you do have to worry about that if you're Detroit. But overall, I mean, this Lions offense is unbelievably good. Yep, they yep. are. Um, they're, they're, they were impressive. And, I mean, look, a lot of people definitely would say the Buccaneers probably stretched farther than they were supposed to, given that the Eagles turned into the absolute dumpster fire that they ended up being. But at the same time, man, you got to give them credit. I mean, the Lions... Pulled out an impressive game, and look, they the Lions are in the NFC Championship. Like that's that's all I gotta say. I mean, how have we ended up on this timeline? Um, and and convincingly in the NFC Championship too. Um, but their offense is dangerous, and their defense isn't bad. Gave up a couple of big plays, um, and also just some weird plays on touchdown drives to the Buccaneers. But um. At the end of the day, Lions were clearly the better team. They deserve the win. And also, oh my God, all these idiots talking about this stupid timeout thing. If 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 the Buccaneers or if the yeah, if the Buccaneers called that timeout, it would have been like the biggest dick move in sports history. Like they didn't call it on first down because they were just letting the game end. I don't know if you guys have seen people talking about how the Bucs mm-hmm. didn't call the timeout. It's well, like, do, you, do you see Todd Bowles' response to it? What did he say? I didn't he said think. he said there's there was no reason the game was already lost. Yeah, well, because he could have called it on first down and it would have been game over. But yeah. the the Lions just kept snapping the ball for some reason. 
they ran like two plays in 20 seconds. Yeah, they, so then it was like third down with like 46 seconds on the clock. Dan Campbell's clock is going to catch up to him eventually. I want no, that to be. No, that's what I'm saying, though. It, I mean, it would have been stupid. It just would have been stupid. And, I mean, oh, look, the Lions. I'm glad we didn't have the game ones. end with a jerk off. The yeah, Lions no, are the stupid ones because just dude, take were, the knees. Uh, whatever. Just take the knees in accordance to the clock, and that's not an issue. I mean, if you would have called that timeout with like thirty some seconds left and forced them to kick a forty something yard field goal, I mean, it, look, it's not probably going to happen. But with your season on the line, is it? Is it irrational to do it? If it's the regular season, I guess it's, you know, whatever. Playoffs, cool. You get to eat that timeout and save it for next season. Like, I don't know. Why not call it? Give your team at least a shot. Yes, it could have. It was a little bit of a dick move, but, like, who gives a shit? You're trying to win. If Detroit misses that field goal, you have a couple shots at the end zone. I think it was a mistake by Tampa Bay. And I think both teams fucked up. I think the Lions sorely mismanaged the clock, and I think Tampa Bay just gave up when they could have actually had at least a little, a little, little bit of breath, a little bit of shot. Would you rather have like 0.1% chance to win or 0% chance to win? I mean, I just, feel yeah, like... it just imagine the story when it's like, I mean, I'm just saying, man, I don't think it really, I don't think there's much of a story here. Like Todd Bowles conceded the game essentially and had no intentions of unconceding it when the lions made a mistake that, isn't really one that you see ever. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I I think I think it's better that we didn't have this game bastardized by something like that. This this was the fine situation we ended up in. I one thing I couldn't believe is Todd Bowles was was a math guy. I never would have imagined in my brain that Todd Bowles would have been a coach that go went for two down. Uh, what was it 15? Yeah. I never mm-hmm. I never would have. I, it's obviously what all the young and smart coaches are doing never in a million years would I imagine Todd Bowles would have been the one to do that. Um, and I know a lot of people got upset about it, but it is statistically the correct call. If you want to go by the numbers, it is the correct call to go for two down 15. It is. Yep. Uh, I'm, I, yeah, I was pissed at that game. I had bucks plus six and a half. So that pissed me off, but yeah, I mean, uh, if they get that uh, two-point the conversion. Go ahead. Yeah, that two-point conversion was BS, too, because I, oh. it was clearly P.I. I literally cannot stand the shit where they don't call P.I. because the pass was underthrown. Look, you got to have the receiver with a lane to come back to the ball, too. If you just run over the guy and you're like, oh, it wasn't P.I. because the pass hit me in the back. It's like, just turn around and pick it. I no, mean, you I got, but, but I've got a bigger bone to pick with that play is I hate goal line fade. I fucking no goal hate line that fade is garbage. Goal. I agree. Goal line fade. If you want to call goal line fade, it better be first down. First down, whatever. You know, you got you know a couple other downs to work with. As a two point play, just it's such a low percentage play, and I get it. It's Mike Evans. You trust him to go up and high point a football, but it's still such a low percentage play. I hated the call. I loved the the call to go for it. It was the correct call to go for two. But it was just a uh, – I, I hate goal line fade. Goal line fade, unless you have prime Randy Moss or a super special receiver like that that can high point a football, I hate goal line fade. I just cannot stand that play call. Yeah, I agree. 
But good for All Detroit. Right. Good for Detroit. Um, actually, you know, as a division rival, I am actually happy for them that they finally got to go to an NFC title game. They've been to more NFC title games since going 0-16 than Dallas has. So. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Great That's wild. All right. So now, is anyone other than the commanders in the NFC? <laughs> Now, I just think it's funny. A team was 0-16 and worked their way back to an NFC championship before Dallas did. Just, just beautiful. Who's been in the playoffs like every year. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get, in, let's get into it. Chiefs-Bills, obviously game of the weekend. One of the games of the year. Fantastic game, both sides. And it came down to something the Bills fans are all too familiar with, wide right. Uh I went through about a hundred different emotions in this game. I know we were going back and forth in the group chat. I genuinely felt great in this game until the McCole Hardman fumble. And then I yeah. really, really I would agree. got the dark, mm-hmm. bad thoughts in my head. Yep. That's one of those things that just kind of happens and you really can't believe your eyes. Right. I mean, look, the last time one of my team fumbled a ball out of the end zone, it was a complete disaster. I'm assuming you guys know what I'm talking about. I don't even yeah. really want to go into it. Um, I don't, Mr. Pete. The, what? Who? Mizzou versus Auburn. Mr. Pete. Um, um, yes. But, yeah. I mean, it's just... The the craziest part about it is Buffalo ends up punting directly after that, and then the Chiefs turn it over yet again. But, man, it was a hell of an opportunity to put the dagger into the heart of the Bills. And Miko Hardman tried to reach the ball out across the goal line while he was damn near on the ground, and uh, we paid the price for it. That that sucked. I'm not going to sit here and do the – I don't know what you guys think about it, but I'm not going to bang the uh, touchback rule is bullshit drum. No, I like um, the I mean, I'm fine with the it's call. It's not bullshit. You, I think it's a I like smart it. rule. What are they supposed you, to do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know that this is an area you have to keep control of the ball. It's not like it's an unfair rule. Man, I mean, I see no reason to get rid of it. You just you can't be dicking around with the ball yeah. near the goal line. Travis Kelsey tried blaming that on him, and I was like, Travis, don't. You're, you're getting yourself into a fire that you don't need to. And <laughs> it it's stupid what happened. I'm glad we won, but we need to have learned our lesson. We gave him the McCall the ball twice. He fumbled twice. Yeah. The, yep. What more is do I need to show you? There's not any more stats. Yep, he's got like one rush for one rush for two yards and like one catch for negative one yards, and both ended with a fumble. At least he <sighs> recovered the first one, but yeah, yeah, uh, fair. That, so like obviously that was a point in the game where I was like, the, the the overlying theme I have, and I have this with every NFL player. It's not just McColl. Stop reaching the fucking football out. You know, when you're down there. Just stop doing it. If it's fourth down, sure. But if it's first... What was that? Was that first down when he did that? First and goal. Why? Yeah. Why are you reaching the ball out? It makes zero sense. In that situation, because if you reach the ball out, you're really 50-50-ing it when you think about it. You're either scoring a touchdown or turning the ball over. That's literally all that happens in that situation. You're never going to put the football out and it just doesn't get hit and you get to bring it back in. So why? It's first and goal, man. I get it. You want to score a touchdown. You want to make a play for your team. Just a terrible, terrible decision. Also a terrible play call. Pacheco's averaging over six yards a carry and you give McCole Hardman a pitch, you know, a pitch pass on the edge. It made no sense. 
it's a mirror. It's such. It's so so nice that we survived that game because that would have never left me if we lost that game. Having the opportunity to go up ten there and just dicking around and giving it right back to him. Yep. yep. It would have no, never absolutely. left any of us for a while because we traded for him thinking he would bring some type of firepower back to this offense, which he has yet to do. But, I mean, I'm assuming we'll get into the offense later. But, yeah, no, I'm Cole Hardman, ass. Yeah, I think the biggest part of reason that it sucked so much is that our offense completely delivered what we could ask for. They were surgical and essentially perfect for the first three quarters of this game. I mean, um, NBS caught a ball. <laughs> two. NBS caught two balls. Yeah. Two. Yeah. He caught two. two. Crucial, hard two. one to catch. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes was – we got a, a vintage – Playoff Patrick Mahomes performance, like nothing you can mm-hmm. say about it. The man just cooked. It's mm-hmm. one of those only one tier type of things here. Like there's the fact that there's a Mahomes Allen comparison and that there still is one is crazy. Even after this game, he just does it. I don't need you. Don't need me to tell you. There's plenty of people that can, and your eyes can tell you too. But at the end of the day, <laughs> that guy is Michael Jordan, and that's he's Tiger. Tiger on Sunday, it's just you, you can't do anything about it. It's ridiculous. I never get tired of it either, let me tell you. No. Um, I don't think I can ever get so tired. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of yep. we'll break this game down from the beginning now. I just wanted to get that spill off first. So you go to the beginning, yeah, and first drive of the game, Buffalo has the ball, and – it, it already the, the the forward lateral that Andy doesn't challenge and you're just like yep you know in real time it didn't look like it was you know it in real time I thought it was either barely ahead or it was perfectly done but then when you watch the ahead. replay it was way fucking ahead it was so far ahead and to not challenge that it's not like Buffalo hurried up to the line either you had time um, that just automatically leaves a bad taste in your mouth because then Buffalo goes down the field and gets three points out of it. And in a game that came down to a field goal, those three points could have loomed large. So at that point, you're kind of like, I'm glad they held and didn't allow the touchdown, but you really were like, we should have forced the three and out to start this game. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And the – sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like – it was so tricky because it went all the way down to first and goal from the 10 like that. It was, it was just like, man, we really could have had that wiped off. And mm-hmm. instead they're going to get down here and score a touchdown. I think really from a momentum perspective, holding in the three, there was actually pretty important. Even it if it was the first drive of the game that just kind of set a tone in favor of the chiefs. And that was a moment I settled in a little more too. It's like, okay, look, they got some yardage on us, but we were definitely capable of putting together three downs of, quality defense mm-hmm. yeah and so then can't see which was huge to hold them to three because when Kansas City gets the ball back and we go down the field <laughs> and we have a really solid start to the opening drive Mahomes makes a nice play on first or on uh his first throw and gets it to Rasheed Rice off of a broken play hits Kelsey we're moving the football then we get down and we do what we've done so going back to really the Cincinnati game, probably even before that, and we stall, and we have to kick three. So it's huge that the defense actually held because we had to settle for a field goal like we have been having to settle for field goals uh, the last couple of weeks. So it was huge to get 
you know, nice to get three on the opening drive, huge to hold them to three on their opening drive, but then they drive down the field, they get a touchdown on their next drive, and at this point, I'm kind of buckling in, and I'm like, this is going to be a 42-36 again, isn't it? I mean, it pretty much was until the second half, but... No, I mean, I said it in the first or second quarter, so whoever gets the ball last is going to win the game. I mean, technically, it did happen for us. But, yeah. I mean, with all this being said, I I just – this Chiefs team has taught me something, which is never doubt Patrick Mahomes until he officially loses. We always just come out on top. No matter what, no matter how, this team finds a way to win. And I think it's very safe to say – Team on the offense has gotten way better in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know what happens. I don't know who did who said something. What they found something, but this team's gotten way better in the playoffs. And I mean, this offense has the defense has stayed great all the year. If this happens on Sunday, we we have a very very interesting game. And we'll get into that. But the the thing that I was going to point out is after you know the first half where Buffalo is going up and down the field, I. As much bitching as I did on Twitter, I did send out a tweet that, and it's it's held true all season, is that in-game adjustments, it's really spags is second to none. And I thought, you know, losing Willie Gay, we're in a little bit of trouble there because now the spy isn't in on Lamar, and Nick Bolton really isn't the prototype to go hunt down Lamar, mm-hmm. and, you know, Tranquil's all right, and Chanel's, you know, decent, but, like, Willie Gay was that guy that I was expecting to, you know, be in that game and be able to neutralize... I think I just said Lamar. I meant Josh Allen. Uh, but no, I mean, Spags in the second half. I mean, holding Buffalo to seven was incredible. That's what the defense has done all year. Every time it looks like they're kind of on the ropes, Spags adjusts and they get back to the second half. And it's, I mean, they essentially won Kansas City the game. As much as the offense played well, that defense. I mean, I don't think because of the missed kick, we give them enough credit. Buffalo has second and nine if they get a first down on either second and nine or third and nine, I mean, the game is really in jeopardy at that point. They start using the clock to their advantage and they either kick what would have been a chip shot at that point, or they score a touchdown with very little time remaining. Defense came through, man. And I don't think they got enough credit for that in the second half. They got punched around. They were on the ropes up till halftime. And then second half, the defense just played fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. I can't disagree with any of that. The, I would say this. Oh, go cool. ahead. Nope. Nope. You got it. You got it. You I was going to say, I think whenever uh, that something to kind of make yourself look forward to, Josh, or not Josh, um, Chris Jones really didn't get any pressures to my knowledge. Mm, which he, he had, had a big, big one. one when he, he had a very big pressure. Yes. Yes. He that had one. a very Other big than that one. one. And yes. he also forced a fumble. Yeah, just because we didn't okay, recover never mind. it. Chris Jones did actually fantastic. I was just kind of in a drilling just, rush. No, Chris Jones wasn't doing shit, it felt like, for three quarters. And then in the fourth yes. quarter, it won't get talked about because the Chiefs didn't recover it. But the play he made to chase down Josh Allen <laughs> yeah. and force that fumble, a 300-pound human being should not physically be able to make that play. Chris Jones was lined up nope. on the edge at left tackle. Josh Allen scrambles, and Chris Jones chases him from behind and forces that fumble. It, that was, like, just not yep. human. And then on that, uh, nope. the one where he pushes Deion Dawkins, the left tackle, into Josh Allen to alter the throw that would have given Buffalo the lead. I mean, you have to consider Buffalo was on the field all day. They dominated time of possession. Kansas City's defense was gassed. 
for Chris Jones to get that sort of pressure that late in the game in a, in a <clears throat> game that Kansas City's defense was on the field for almost double the amount of time as the offense, you know, the the offense was on the field. Chris Jones showed the hell out at that in that when we needed him the absolute most. Chris Jones made two really important plays, uh, one in which ended up saving the game due to you know obviously Tyler Bass eventually missing the field goal. I I really just this defense man, I'm savoring it because it's it's so rare you get a defense where the parts are just this good. You yeah, have, no, and we're gonna be missing a lot of guys next year. You Not have, a lot, but sure. you just have such a from top to bottom, such a deep, you have so much depth. The only thing you really don't have depth at is defensive tackle. You know, obviously you, have, you lost Kalen Saunders last year. Uh, you really don't have, like, outside of Chris Jones when he lines up at tackle or de-tackle, you don't have, like, a really good one. And, and it showed. Buffalo ran the hell out of the football up the middle on Kansas City in that game, especially with Josh Allen. Uh, but, nah, man, that defense deserves a shit ton of credit. They played... So, so well, especially in the fourth. I mean, we talk about when McColl has that disaster. How many times uh, in the past, if we had a turnover like that, would the defense have just folded and Buffalo would have gone down and scored? It felt inevitable, right? And they stepped up and they forced a three and out. Yep. Yep. And I mean, man, it wasn't always perfect either, but I think that just kind of what happens when you play as a team as good as Buffalo. Like, their offense is still fantastic. There's a reason they made it here. The defense didn't have to be perfect, but they gave us more than enough to work with. And even borrowing a couple of pretty bad mistakes, well, one terrible mistake from the offense. Breaking news. Sorry, breaking breaking news. This is legit breaking news. Jim Harbaugh is joining the Los Angeles Chargers. That was Uh, always going to happen, I feel like. Adam Schefter has just reported the news two minutes ago. I really was hoping he'd go to Atlanta. I wanted to just see that out before this podcast ended. And might as well break it as it's hot on the press. Well, that is something. I'm not yeah. terribly concerned with it at the moment, but... Uh, that's, a, that's a good move for the Chargers. I think they made the... Yeah, it definitely is. That's a... I wonder if he'll bring the OC and DC with him or if the OC is going to take Michigan's job because I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that'll be an interesting situation. Yeah. What happens with Michigan? But yeah, that's a that's a yeah, it's a bombshell. That's a. I'm sure he got paid a lot <laughs> to, to yeah, take that he job. had to get a bag. I'm sure he. I got mean, you have to remember Jim bag. So or, yeah, yeah. I no, mean, Jim, how about, how Jim about was a good that? enough host coach. Jim Harbaugh and Sean Payton in the same division. The the pettiness is going to be pretty high there. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Uh, but yeah, going back to the 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 Buffalo right. Kansas City game, just. What John said earlier is so true, and you feel the confidence every game in it that Mahomes is Jordan. He's Tiger on Sunday. He just is. I felt it last year in the Super Bowl. Really, I think that's the first time I genuinely felt it, like, for real, is, like, no matter how many bad things kept happening, I was just like, we're going we're gonna to win this game. Like, Mahomes is going to win this game. I don't know how. Mahomes is going to find a way to win this game. You just have that confidence. It's like... You finally feel what the Patriots felt like for two decades is where, like, no matter the situation, no matter, you know, how bleak it can look, you just deep down feel like you're going to win the game or at bare minimum, you're going to have a chance with the ball at the very end to win the game. And it's just such a crazy feeling because before Pat, it was like, 
if we made like two mistakes, it's like, well, that, 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 that's the game. There goes another season, you know, and now it's like, Jesus, like we don't have to play perfect to win. And it's just because I will say this team people that are Patriots fans are now even accepting that Mahomes is, it's okay to be comparing him to Brady for those exact reasons. Like he will always come back and haunt the teams that like deserve it. Like, Brady was thrown Roethlisberger, Rivers, Manning, all those guys, and he kept beating them and beating them. And that's what Mahomes has been doing. I mean, he's not in the Super Bowl any yet. I'm not saying he's better than all that, but before this season, I felt like a lot of Brady fans were like, uh, we'll see what he keeps doing. But right now, I think this past performance, this this playoff run in my in my opinion, has really shown what he can do. Because he was given nothing. Yeah, I think for me, it's pretty obvious at this point that Mahomes is better than Brady. Um, he just he just gets it done, and so did Brady. But it it wasn't like this. This is something. This, I mean, it's honestly hard to quantify it. But he just delivers. I mean, this these this wide receiver group. You know the amount of like hate that the disrespect the Chiefs have gotten just based on that. I mean, the fact that they think we can't throw to them. And he threw two deep balls to the guy that everyone's been memeing for the entire year. And he overcame a guy replacing a guy that everyone's been memeing, doing the same things that said player would do, i.e. fumbling at the goal line. And it still didn't matter. And I'll tell you another thing is if Tyler Bass hit that field goal, I still think Mahomes goes down, gets the Chiefs into reasonable field goal People range, where another all-time goal we go to on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even think we go to OT. I think I, I think Chiefs get down there, and Harrison Bucker steps out there, and um, it's done. But, man, he's just perfect. And he does things I don't even understand. Like, is is Mahomes just so threatening that him, him like, showing the ball to someone's face is, like, a, a great juke move? Like, I don't know how he turned that run into a 40-yard, 30-yard <laughs> yeah. run. That That's just, like, what the hell is going on here? I Unbelievable. Uh, this was one of his best games ever. It I really, really think yeah. there's there's the Super Bowl. There's the other time we played played the Bills. I mean, I think this is pretty much that, pretty much right there, because this was just a fantastic top to bottom game, and he this, completely overhauled everything. Just, these last got two it weeks have really been some of the best games he's played. I mean, you factor in the conditions in that Miami game, and it's really insane how well he played. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's on a tear playoff. Pat is in full swing. There's really only one half of football in the playoffs. P- Patrick Mahomes has not played well. It's that second half against Cincinnati in the AFC title game. Outside of that, literally every single game, every single half, regardless of what you want to call it, even the Super Bowl they lost to Tampa. I know people are going to ask, well, what about that? That to me still today, to this day is one of the most impressive quarterback performances ever, even though his team, his team sold him. I thought he played one of the best games he's ever played. Some of the throws he made Dude, in that game were ridiculous. Um, do the second and third quarters against San Francisco count as a bad yeah, half? Yeah, you, you could. You could maybe argue that. I, I wouldn't say necessarily bad. You could just say pretty mediocre. Um, but, but then he had the best fourth quarter any any quarterbacks ever had in Super Bowl history. And, so. and to, you know, Brady had a lot of bad quarters and a lot of bad halves in his playoff yep. careers. Yeah, you know absolutely. What he, you the, know what he, he didn't have? You know what? You know what Tom didn't have? Bad fourth quarters. That's the thing. Is if yep. you're 
Mm-hmm. And when your team as good as New England was, <laughs> and your team as good as Kansas City is, you're going to stick around in the fourth quarter. And if you can make the plays then, then you're going to win the game. And look, I know a lot of heat's going to go on Tyler Bass for missing that kick, but Josh Allen deserves a ton of heat because the thing is, all season long, what do you say? His entire career, what do you say about Josh Allen? Force him to make the mistake, right? He's going to try and play hero ball. And he wasn't. He actually wasn't trying to play hero ball this entire game. He played within the structure. He did what he had to do until the last two plays. And he, for no reason, turned back into, I've got to be hero Josh Allen. Throwing an end zone shot on second and nine when he had a wide open underneath route to Diggs. And then on third and nine, not taking an underneath curl, not taking an underneath hitch, and trying to go for it all and ending up having to throw it away. Typical. Yep. It's typical. It's what it is. And there's there was no debate before this game, even though the media entertained it between Allen and Mahomes. But now there's, I mean, I don't know how you could even try and argue it anymore. Good for Allen. He's beaten Mahomes three times in the regular season. He still has not done it in January. It's hard to imagine he will anytime soon with his cap number going exponentially up. Yep. Yep. And, it, man, the last thing I'll say is I, I do feel sorry for Bill's fans. They may be annoying in some capacity, but oh my god, I, I really don't know like what I'd be if if the roles were reversed. Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, I'll tell you I mean, what it feels like because I'm. <laughs> the I was Packers, say we, we we exited the wild card round every fucking. Well, no, year I'll, t- I'll tell you what it feels like to not be able to get over a team because San Francisco's beaten Green Bay five fucking times in a row in the playoffs. It's terrible. It's so so ass. It's so just. You just feel like no matter how good you play, you're never going to get over the hump. I'm telling you, their team and their fan base is mentally broken right now. Because that's exactly how yep. I feel about San Francisco. Five fucking times in 12 years, San Francisco's beaten Green Bay in the playoffs. It's it, it's it's lining up to be the same damn thing between Buffalo and Kansas City. It's just, eventually it becomes a roadblock in your a mental roadblock. You just, like, you can't get over it. And they yep. Buffalo needed this game, man. They needed this game so much worse than just mm-hmm. this season. This was way more than just this season. And not even because it's, Buffalo had like a fantastic team or anything, but it's because Kansas City has never been so vulnerable. Mm-mm. Like you, if the 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 hump is always Mahomes. Like for Buffalo, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, they lost to Burrow once, but they they probably would have gone and lost at Arrowhead after that, even. <laughs> They, if the Bills, that, this is the guy. And if the Bills man, don't make to, the, if the Bills don't make the AFC Championship game next year, is Sean McDermott out? He should be out today. I say he it right now. He should be out today. He should be out today. He should. I his, agree. He yeah. should I just be gone. To see your guys' answers. He should be gone yeah. today. Three consecutive years losing in the divisional round of the playoffs. You haven't made it back to the AFC title game since the COVID year. That was supposed to be the year that you were up and coming, right? We all looked at 2020 as the year where Buffalo had that breakout year, they'll be back. And then they haven't made it back since. And the past two years, you've had the divisional round at home. Back in 19, 20, and 21, you lost in the playoffs on the road. And you're telling yourself, if we can get that game in Buffalo, man, you know it'll be different. Last year, you put up an absolute yep. stinker against Cincinnati. And then this year, you can't close it out against the weakest Kansas City team in the past five years. To me, it's not even a question anymore that he should be gone. And look, Buffalo has a lot of problems. We all on here, I'm pretty sure all of us on here, it talked about it when it happened. The Von Miller contract was so idiotic, so stupid, made zero sense. It was so much money to a guy who was clearly past his physical prime 
in his mid-30s as a pass rusher. Made no sense. The dude finishes this year with three solo tackles. <laughs> no sacks. I mean, unbelievably bad. No, Just terrible. And they're still going to have to pay him even more. And then now you're dealing with a big problem. Stephon Diggs isn't producing anymore. I have a hard time blaming that on Allen because Josh Allen looks fine. Stephon Diggs just doesn't look like the same guy anymore. So Buffalo's got a lot of problems, a lot of questions to answer. This this had to be the year for them to get past Kansas City. They needed to get past them this year, and they couldn't. And to me, if you don't make major changes, you're just asking to get bounced by Kansas City next year. Or even worse, you might not make it out of the wild card round next year. Yeah, because next year you have the Jets too. You have the maybe. Bengals next yeah, year. <laughs> you know? Yep. Oh, I, you, I was talking about maybe not even making the playoffs. Oh, they'll make the playoffs. I have no doubt. But, like, think about the oh, difference yeah. of, like, you could have a competent New England next year. You could have a competent Jets team next year. I don't see Miami falling off a cliff. You have, the in the, just in the AFC alone, I bet Jacksonville bounces back. I don't see the Colts going anywhere with a full year of Anthony Richardson. I think Cincinnati is back with Burrow coming back. And now Jim Harbaugh lands on the Chargers with Justin Herbert, and they're probably going to be relevant. So it's just like... This is stacked. It is unbelievably stacked. And this was an opportunity for you. I'm not sure you would have gone into Baltimore and beaten the Ravens, but damn, you needed to win this game. And not winning it is a gigantic failure on everybody inside the Buffalo Bills organization. Not to mention the fake yep. punt they ran with Demar Hamlin. Holy uh, shit! That's what I was gonna say. That the fake I punt mean, is rough. that I would have fired Sean McDermott right there. Like I saw some tweet that was like, Sean McDermott thinks this shit's a Disney movie right now. Hilarious. I mean, what on yeah. earth are they doing in that situation? I don't know if you saw the mic'd up of Bolton running to the sideline and being like, "Watch the fake, watch the fake." Like even Bolton knew. Like, it, oh my god. Terrible. Well, dude, how would Bolton know? The only reason they ran it is probably because of ten. We only Bolton, had ten guys. Bolton's running to the sideline, screaming it. Watch the fake. Watch the fake. Because their punter yep, was. Yep. If, you, if you remember, their punter was hurt. He was shanking everything. It wasn't really surprising. It it really wasn't the most. It wasn't the time to run a fake punt, especially with Tamar Hamlin. But it is that is what it is. Buffalo, another disappointing end of their season. They've got a lot. I, I just genuinely, I know, John, you said Green Bay was the hardest loss this week, but I really think it's Buffalo. I, at least Green Bay's young. Man. Their expectations weren't Buffalo's. They weren't. I'm, yeah, sure. Mine was more so based off the fact that Green Bay, like, let people believe. I think it, speaking in how the game went. Now, yeah, overall, I agree with you. I think the Buffalo one is worse. Um. But, man, I, I really felt like the way this game was going, the direction it trended in, like, I was very confident in the Chiefs the entire time. I don't know if Buffalo fans were confident in Buffalo, but as we all said, it it felt good from our perspective up until the Meikle Hardman fumble. So, yeah. yeah still well, a damn good game. Hell of a game. Divisional weekend, delivered as always. Fantastic weekend. And I'm excited for championship weekend, so let's get into it. Oh, boy. Because it is oh boy here. And the Chiefs will play in the early window this time. Don't have to wait until uh, Sunday night to watch them. They, 5.30, yeah. The, the only downside is you don't know who you're playing in the Super Bowl, but you get to watch the NFC Championship game without the nerves then. All right, Chiefs at Ravens. Yep. 2 o'clock on Sunday. Ravens now 3.5-point favorites. This line I've seen go from 3, 3.5, 4, down to 3.5. Uh, backward originally started, I believe. What do we think, guys? I mean, I know we just gassed up Kansas City a lot, but this this is an entirely new test in my eyes compared to Buffalo. 
Yep, it definitely is. Who wants to go first? I mean, I can if you want. Someone uh, else go first. I mean, I've, been doing, I've been doing a lot of talking. Someone else go first. Uh, I'm Josh, go ahead. I mean, yeah, this is Mahomes versus Jackson. This is not what anyone thought it was going to be. Uh, we all thought it was going to be Allen versus Jackson. We all knew the Ravens were going to be here. No one knew the Chiefs were going to be here. We're on a playoff run that we haven't seen in a very long time. We've always been the favorite. We've always expected to make it to the Super Bowl. Us making it to the AFC Championship, nobody expected. And, yes, this Ravens team might have one of the best defenses of all time, definitely in the past decade. And with all that building up, you, no one's giving the Chiefs defense enough respect. Yes, we might be banged up. Mike Edwards, I don't know if he's going to be out. Willie Gay, probably he won't be playing 100%, can tell you that. And that's going to really hurt because you need that spy that Willie Gay was on Josh Allen. Now, with all this being said, I haven't mentioned one motherfucker. And that motherfucker's name is Patrick Mahomes. And with that being said, I'm taking the Chiefs. 27 Ravens, 21. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, this Ravens team is damn good. And I'd probably say they're a 14-win team that's closer to a 15-win team than a 13-win team. Um, they're damn good. They, they're they the big dogs, and I think rightfully so. Um, the last year, I'm 2-3 I'm and three picking the Chiefs in AFC champ or picking the Chiefs AFC Championships games. I've picked the Chiefs all but last year. Um, so that's two wins, three losses. Um, last year, I was very concerned about Mahomes being injured, um, and hamstrung. And also our receiving core was not very healthy at all. And that only got worse as the game went on. Um, and you know, this year there's some similar concerns and the Ravens are a damn good team. Lamar Jackson is definitely like in a form we haven't seen him before. And I mean, Chiefs also just haven't faced him in the playoffs. So it's uncharted territory. Um, the Ravens are fantastic on both sides of the ball. And I think to a certain degree, the Chiefs are too. But I am going to have to agree with Josh here. I learned my lesson last year. I think long run in these difficult to predict games, you're just going to be better off back in the horse with Patrick Mahomes on it. Um, and I, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Maybe against my better judgment, because I do truly believe as an entire unit, like the Ravens are probably a noticeable step above. Um, but God dang, man, I just it's it's hard for me to see the Ravens. I, th I just think the Ravens are going to make enough mistakes and Patrick Mahomes is going to be so surgical that the Chiefs will get it done. Now, I think the biggest concern I have is, and I don't even think Josh mentioned it, but Joe Tooney is unlikely to play for this game, which I think every time an offensive lineman goes out, we think of the one playoff <laughs> game where Patrick Mahomes played unbelievably good, and yeah. it still was nowhere near enough to make the game close. Um, but I'm hoping that it's not a crisis like that. Um, the Ravens have fantastic players, but I, I think the defense keeps it in check enough that if Mahomes works his diabolical magic, the Chiefs can win the game. I'm going to take the Chiefs 31 to 28. I think even with the fantastic defenses going head to head here, there's just there's just going to be. I think the offensive side of the balls are going to uh, reign supreme, and I'll take the Chiefs. I I just think it's weird to make the Chiefs an underdog, really, in any case. 
um, just from what we know on Patrick Mahomes. And last year he overcame having no receivers and having one leg. Um, and obviously there's things he's going to have to overcome this year. But I think he makes another statement win here. And the Chiefs go to back-to-back Super Bowls for the second time in like five years. John, so, yep. I, I like how John said that. I said this last year, guys, and my trend is still continuing. Mahomes' five years as a playoff or as a quarterback lost the AFC Championship game, won the Super Bowl, lost the Super Bowl, lost the AFC Championship game, won the Super Bowl. If we, and right now we're on pace to lose the Super Bowl. All I'm <laughs> saying is okay. this shit happens two you times You lost in me a row. there. Huh? You lost me with that one. <laughs> We're still on pace for my hypothesis. <laughs> yeah, but we only have one instance of it occurring. If it happens two <laughs> times, dude, I'm telling you, you might start looking at the facts. <laughs> I mean, if we here's the deal. If we win the Super Bowl this year and we and lose the AFC Championship, then no. are you going to say that that's where the cycle restarts? Because technically you can draw the cycle wherever you want. <laughs> the cycle restarts at the AFC Championship game loss. All right, all right. It just doesn't have enough data at the moment, Josh. You're gonna have to figure this well, out. Well, if we lose the Super Bowl this year, it has two sets of data, and that's all he has. <laughs> Fair, but and anyway, that Jackson, happened six times this, in an this, NFL this, career. This, this, yeah, Jackson. Let's let's do this. What do you got? I'm three and two picking the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game because I've picked them every single year <laughs> to win the AFC Championship game. Uh, never picked against him even last year for some reason last year going into the game I don't know what he was I just maybe I just felt like they were due to beat Cincinnati but I picked him um unfortunately that, that was that was your biggest thesis yeah uh this year I am gonna be the outlier here and I'm gonna pick the Ravens to win this game I hate to be the guy but I just think Baltimore it's Baltimore's time it's Baltimore's year I don't I don't see the weakness in Baltimore I just don't they really don't have one. Offensive line's great. Receivers are good. Quarterback's obviously really good. Running game's fine. Defensive line's really good. Secondary's really good. Linebacking court's really good. Like They are just stacked at every position. It's going to take a damn near perfect game from Kansas City to win this game. And Kansas City's obviously going to keep it close. They're going to stay in it. But I just think it's Lamar's time. I just think it's Lamar's time to get there. He breaks through finally. He wins this one at home. Uh, Kansas City, man... They played their ass off last week. I think they'll keep it competitive, but I think the gas runs out here. And I think for the first time all season, this is my biggest bold prediction of the week, I think Spags and the Chiefs give up 30 points. I've got Baltimore 30, Kansas City 26. I think it's a close-ass game. Baltimore just edges it out. And it's not an insult to Kansas City. I just think Baltimore is the best team in the NFL right now. I really just think from top to bottom – they are stacked at every position, every level. I think they're well coached. Give me Baltimore, as much as it pains me to say it. I just think the Ravens finally break through and get to the Super Bowl with Lamar here. I did. I detected no lies. To be fair, disagreed with the pick, but I. I mean, nothing you said there was hyperbole. This is this is probably the most challenging matchup we've had yet. I think looking outside of maybe the horseshoe asshole theory of yeah, tom brady yeah. this is the spiciest thing we've got well here's the thing um this is the biggest underdog mahomes has been in the playoffs ever three and a half point underdog he's never been this big of a dog yeah. the, the line closed at minus two and a half last week for buffalo 
Uh, the Super Bowl, the Chiefs were one-point <laughs> underdogs to Philly, and that's it. The Chiefs have not closed as an underdog in the playoffs other than that. Philly last year, Buffalo this year, and then now Baltimore, which you can assume Kansas City will close as the underdog in this game. I don't see a three-and-a-half-point line switch happening throughout the week. So, no. yeah, this is this is a challenge. This is a very, very big challenge. Mahomes has statistically played fantastic as an underdog in his career. Uh, he's won damn near every time he's been an underdog in his career. He was an underdog his first year starting more times than he's been the next five years starting combined, I'm pretty sure. I know he was an underdog. His first start at the Chargers, his second start at Pittsburgh, his first start at New England. So there's three in his first year alone. Um, he is just unbelievable as an underdog, but I just give it to Baltimore this time, man. Especially, I just think another important factor that doesn't get talked about or hasn't been talked about a ton, the extra day off. Kansas City played a fucking war on Sunday night. That was a gauntlet, physical-ass war. Whereas Baltimore, extra day's rest, they played on Saturday, really, you know, wasn't, as intense or physical as the Chiefs Bills was and they've had that week off before that I just like Baltimore in this spot I'll obviously be pulling hard for Kansas City but I just think this is Baltimore's time to to win the AFC uh it's a huge a lot of pressure on Baltimore to win the AFC yeah I think it I think it absolutely is I just uh, I'm not gonna do it again I'm not gonna bet against Pat again man it it's hard it's hard to do it it might defy logic in certain situations, but man, I think we can all agree it's it's still going to be a hell of a game. I don't see it being a snooze fest or anything like that. Uh, th- there's always going to be something that the team from behind is going to do to make it interesting. I don't think anyone's <clears throat> going to feel safe at any at any point. Um, I, I'm excited. I and I also like agree with your sentiment that I kind of feel like we have very little to lose here, right? Like it wasn't. Getting here in the first place wasn't the uh, wasn't necessarily the expectation, given all the the shortcomings we've had. So, you know, I I can handle losing the ring. Yeah, I actually like Lamar, whereas I just yeah do I agree. Not I could never root for Burrow or Allen. I actually could root for Lamar. All right, NFC Championship game later that night. Lions at Niners. Niners are seven point home favorites in this game. <laughs> I feel like this line's a little bloated without Debo. Like, I just don't think this Niners team is nearly the same thing without Debo Samuel. Uh, I'll go. Uh, Yeah, yeah, no. I I mean, they said it's a 50-50 chance Debo plays, which makes it interesting. I don't know. I feel like the Lions are just going to get caught up in the moment. I just their team doesn't have a lot of experience. So with that being said, I'm gonna th- take the 49ers, but I really do like the F- Lions plus seven. Here's the thing: is you talk about experience, but Goff does have the experience. Goff's been he to the Super Bowl. Goff's won an NFC Championship game. This will be a second one he's played in. And while yes, Purdy played in the NFC Championship game last year, did he really? I mean, was did he even make it out of the first quarter last year before he got that arm no. injury? So it's like, do, do you even want to count that as he's played in the NFC title game? This will really be his first chance to play to go to the Super Bowl because last year he got robbed of it due to injury. Um, this game really, to me, though, 
I think the Niners' defense struggles against one type of quarterback, and it's the quarterback that can get outside the pocket and make plays. You saw Jordan Love give him trouble last week. Lamar gave them a shit ton of trouble on Christmas Day. He absolutely annihilated them, just picked them apart. It's these pocket passers that the that the Niners just absolutely kill. If you're a pocket passer, they absolutely annihilate you. You know, outside of you know one game this season where. Kirk Cousins beat them. They really just dominate pocket passers that aren't able to get outside the pocket. And that's Jared Goff. I think Goff's a good quarterback, but this is the situation I fade Goff. Is on the road, facing a better team. You know, this is not the situation where I like Jared Goff. I think San Francisco got away with one last week, and it's going to ultimately lead to them getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, I just cannot see the Niners losing in this spot. The Lions, it's been a good season, but let's be honest. They kind of got a break getting to the NFC title game, getting to face Tampa Bay in the second round. Um, I, I tweeted it out. It, it's not very often your divisional round opponent is easier than your wild card opponent, but I genuinely believe that playing Tampa was much easier for them than playing the Rams was in the wild card. I think it comes to an end here. I, I like San Francisco to win this one at home and head to the Super Bowl. Um, I think that San Francisco is a team that very much relies, is extremely good when its auxiliary players are available. Uh, auxiliary is in not quarterback, but honestly, auxiliary is a poor word for that because they're kind of the primary functions. That is all to say that Brock Purdy played poorly last week, or at least poorly for standards that, I mean, we've set for the Niners offense, but basically you could tell he was hindered by Debo Samuel being out and also Christian McCaffrey being clearly banged up. Um, and I think that is going to shine a little bit here when the Detroit Lions defeat the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco on Sunday. Um, I like them in this spot, actually. I think that the Niners, they, they really struggled against the pass against the Packers. I think their secondary is extremely vulnerable. Um, and I think the Lions are going to take advantage of that. They're healthy with their weaponry. Laporta is there. Amon Ra's there. I really like the Lions to pull out the upset. I'm going with both dogs. Um, I I think this is just a weird one. And I think that the physicality that the Lions like to play with is going to end up making a bit of a difference. I really don't love that narrative there, but I, I think there's just something about the Lions. I'm not even really sure why, um, but I, I like them. I like them here. I, I'm going to be cheering for them. That's for damn sure. Um, I can I can stomach that much easier than I could the Brock Purdy discourse we're going to have if the Niners win the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I think the Lions are legitimate. I think Jameer Gibbs continues to play extremely well. And look, with the, the situation with the Niners offense, especially if maybe someone gets hurt during the game, I think it could all fall apart very quickly for them. Um, so I... <laughs> I like the I like the upset here. I'm going Detroit. Have you guys seen the the look ahead lines towards the Super Bowl? Yeah. Have you, John? I have not. If it's Chiefs Lions, what do you think the line is on FanDuel? Chiefs minus two. Chiefs minus three and a half. What do you think it okay. is if it's Chiefs Niners? Like Chiefs plus point five. Niners minus three. 
Jesus. So wow. Okay, they so they rate the Niners better than they rate the Ravens. Still, I guess they do because their Super Bowl odds are like that. Yeah, I so should have guessed it, that. I don't know why I was so it's close. Interesting. Detroit. What about Ravens? What about Ravens? Detroit Ravens Niners. Um, give me a second. I gotta log back into FanDuel. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Looking at it last night, that the the word Detroit is a dog to either um Baltimore or Kansas City. They'd be a dog in either, yeah, which is that, not uh, yeah not surprising. That, not they, surprising. They'd be a dog no. in any matchup. Kansas City would be a favorite in one. Okay, let us see. I'm trying to get there real quick. Super Bowl. Okay, so if it's Ravens Niners, they have Niners minus one and a half. If it's Lions Ravens, it's Ravens minus four and a half. If it's Chiefs Niners, Chiefs minus three. Chiefs Lions, Chiefs minus three and a half. Chiefs plus three for the Ravens, correct? Chiefs are three point underdogs. Well, he's playing the Ravens. To he's the telling you the Super Bowl outcomes. You just wrote, read the Chiefs ones off, and you said Chiefs are three-point favorites against the Niners. I was making sure that no, he no. said the Lions. The, the Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Lions, yeah. and they're plus three against San Francisco. Okay, yeah, I'm just saying. Earlier, the first, the second time you said that, you said Chiefs are three-point favorites. I was just clarifying. There we go. Yeah. Um, so, yep. And then Super Bowl odds in general, San Francisco plus 140, Baltimore plus 170, Chiefs plus 450, Lions plus eight fifty, so they really, really do not believe Detroit's going to win the Super Bowl. Um, that is, if you <laughs> no, want value, no. if you want value, Detroit or Kansas City. <laughs> I mean, if you really believe the Lions are going to win this game, John, you might want to sprinkle a little bit on plus eight fifty. That's a little insane, uh, but you know. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think they've got a shot. <laughs> I I think they're going to beat the Niners. I can't believe I'm saying it. And then Josh, you have the Niners winning, correct? Uh yeah. Uh, did you give your pick? Yeah, Niners plus, you gave your pick, right? I have Niners plus uh lines covering. Yeah. I, I for the record, I, I know I said thirty to twenty six would be the score of Baltimore Chiefs, but if I actually were to bet on it, I probably would take Kansas City plus three and a half. There's just no value on taking Baltimore minus three and a half or taking San Francisco minus seven. Like there's what's the point? You might as well take the dogs in this spot. I just do I, agree. Th- I do think, even though I picked both home teams. I do think there's a strong shot one road team wins this year. Because how often is it that you see two one seeds go to the Super Bowl in back-to-back years? Like last year, both one seeds made it. It happening again. Super Bowl colors are showing it. It is Yeah, the, the color, the, of course, the logo color theory. Uh, it can't, can't go against that, right? Uh, but no. Yeah, but also I've seen people cherry pick it, and you can also do Chiefs and Lions for this logo, so it's not going away. How? All I know is I saw next year's, and there's green in it, so my Packers future is going to be placed pretty soon. Uh, Josh, there's like a reflection of lights on the trophy, and it's <laughs> literally like a spectrum from red, like dark red through bright red, all the way to like bright blue. And I literally saw someone be like, oh, like literally make it for all four teams. You know how I know it's bullshit, though? The biggest thing is, is DraftKings posted it the other day. And they're only doing that so motherfuckers bet Ravens and Niners. They're they're just trying to rule in dummies to do it. Like, it's something funny that if you placed it at the beginning of the year, you like, like, sure, in September, I'll put five bucks on Ravens, Niners. You know, I don't blame you. That's kind of funny to do it on the logo theory. But if you're betting this weekend based off of the logo theory, you're an absolute moron. Even though I think Ravens Niners win, you're an absolute moron if you do that this week. 
Yeah, but yeah, I agree. That is that is conference championship Sunday. It is uh, should be a good one. I really do think both games will be pretty solid. I think Ravens Chiefs has a chance to be an absolute classic. Um, first time, it's hard to believe it's the first time Lamar and Mahomes are going to meet in the playoffs. It really does feel like it's long overdue. Obviously, because Lamar can't stay healthy. Yeah, obviously in 2019 it would have happened, but uh, the Titans went into Baltimore and kicked their ass, so couldn't happen that year. Um, all right, well. That is it for that. Um, John, I, I know we couldn't record yesterday and you wanted to talk about it, so I'll let you talk about it today because I've got some NBA shit I want to talk God. about as well. Uh, you are full in, bought in on the Clippers, and I could not be more nervous. Well, yeah, I think everyone should be nervous, not just you. I think the entirety of humanity should be. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I Look. Look, I, I'm, it's Clippers, okay? So I'm battling between two things here, all right? There's one, which is me analyzing what I'm seeing right now and using using a, let's say, statistical-based uh, thought, which is saying that mainly in the sense that I'm not going to use past results to uh, predict future in- indications here, okay? And that is the thing that makes this difficult because the only thing nagging at me that makes me not want to do this is the history of the Clippers because the basketball that they're playing right now in the moment is just beautiful, man. It's unstoppable. Um, I, I, even if James Harden shits the bed in the playoffs, I don't even know how much it matters. This is the the glory of making him the third option. I, I think the Clippers are a runaway freight train that most likely will be stopped by injury. Um, but if it isn't, I don't think there are many other ways that this thing goes down. Um, uh, they, they're just, they're just really good, man. On Sunday, they ended a game on a 22 0 run, um, made pretty easy work of the Lakers last night. Um, just, just a complete team at the moment. And they've definitely got the most star power around. Um, I like, Having James Harden and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George all at the same time, I mean, there are teams that don't have a score as good as any of those guys. Um, so I, I am pretty, uh, pretty excited to see what happens. But I obviously have to approach this with a certain amount of skepticism because you know what their history is. We mm-hmm. all know this. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, Jackson, I know you have some thoughts on this too, though. Well, yeah, that wasn't what I was going to say, but I I will dabble in that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, I I knew it wasn't what you were going to say because you're going to gloat over Terry Rozier or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think the Clippers are damn good, and I am officially on the train of, like, if they don't get hurt, they are going to win the championship, and it won't necessarily be that hard for them to do so. I don't see a competitor, Mm -hmm. mainly because I think their main competitor just shot themselves in the foot by hiring Doc Rivers. Um, I think Milwaukee yeah. was the best opportunity to stop the Clippers if it were to happen. And they decide, you know what? We're 30 and 13. We better fire our head coach and hire the guy who hasn't won shit since Obama got elected back in 2008. Like, what? What is going on, bro, in Milwaukee? I don't understand the move in the slightest. Um, but yeah, this Clippers team is nice. What I, You were right, though. I was going to gloat over the Terry Rozier move because... I think it's an absolute fleecing by the Miami Heat over the Charlotte Hornets to get that deal done. Mm-hmm. All we had to give up was Kyle Lowry, who, I mean, it's Kyle Lowry. He's like 38, really is good for nothing at this point. 
and a 2027 first, which like, okay, do we really think the Heat are going to be picking in like the top 10, top five? Do we think that pick ultimately matters? Maybe it does. Maybe, maybe it backfires, but I'm willing to take the chance to get a ring with Bam and Jimmy and these types of players. I don't know, man. I just think it's a huge upgrade for Miami. It's final. It's just so damn refreshing to get a trade done. All these players, like Dame wanted to go to Miami. Beal wanted to go to Miami. Durant at one point wanted to go to Miami. And Pat Riley just sat on his ass and did nothing. So I am very happy to get Terry Rozier, as, as lame as it may sound compared to how good the Clippers are right now. Um, I am happy to get Terry Rozier in Miami. I think he's an immediate upgrade. Uh, a backcourt of him and Hero, I really do think, can be a very productive enough to help Miami through the East this year. Uh, with playoff Jimmy and obviously Bam anchoring it down low. Uh, and, I mean, I the, the guy that doesn't get enough credit, I mean, he gets credit, but I, I still think he needs to get talked about more is that, and I'm going to mess his name up, but the rookie Miami took, Yami Yaquiz Jr., is that how you say it? Anybody know? I don't know. I'm sure you guys know who he is, though. Dude's a baller. He's been playing fantastic. I'm just happy they made a move. I'm happy they went out and made a move to get somebody because – the last few years, they've nice. just sat on their ass and done nothing. Yep, they have. And maybe now that Hemi Butler can get to the championship, Jackson, and you'll have to lose to the Clippers. <laughs> nope. The Kings are going to knock the Clippers out. <laughs> oh, all right. I I'm hope. really scared of the team that blew, like, the fucking blew a lead that no one has ever blown before. That's always a good sign. Okay, yeah, John, John, you don't want to pick this fight because the Clippers are going to come back in April or May and they're going to do some stupid shit and you're going to be like, I should have seen it okay, coming. Well, I'm if, never watching basketball the Clippers, again. No, no, no. The Clippers are going to do some stupid shit, but let me tell you, if the stupid shit is losing to the Sacramento Kings, dude, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to be fucking ridiculous. I, 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 I just don't know. I just don't know. I, I, I like that situation, man. You might as well. There's a bunch of things I'd rather have happen to me than that. I'm sorry. That would be terrible. <laughs> I, you know, I have to root for the chaos, but I hate Josh, so I'm probably not going to root for the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's go ahead and get into D4 to the week before we wrap up today's episode. Yeah, you D4 of the week is McCall Hardman. Oh, yeah. Josh going the easy route. Not a hard one. Normie ass motherfucker. I stole yours. Was it the Bucks hiring Rivers? Yes, it was. Just use it. Just use it. You can still use it. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm using it. I'm using it. It wasn't an actual stole. I was just being, you know, whatever. Um, but I I um I can't believe this. This is this is shocking to me. Like I'm trying to think of a thing that you can only do that has no benefit, like shooting yourself in the foot. Um, like injecting yourself with cancer, um, like intentionally giving yourself hemorrhoids, the these types of things. You don't okay? want to do that. That that those are all smarter ideas than hiring Doc Rivers. Like this is hilarious. There are way more creative ways you can go out of the playoffs in a dumpster fire. Way easier ways to have that happen if this is what you want than hire Doc Rivers. Like, or, or actually, no, never mind. I, there, there are no easier ways. This is the exact way. The only reason you would hire Doc Rivers is if you want to crash out unceremoniously in a garbage fire. Um, it's just, it's just stupid. <laughs> I was completely shocked when I saw that they did this. Um, if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I'm sorry. Your, your uh, franchise is going to waste 
X amount of time of Giannis Antetokounmpo, probably the best player that will ever play for your franchise because they want to fuck around with the coach that has the most impressive Wikipedia. Um, that's literally the only reason I can think of hiring Doc Rivers. He's lost like five straight game sevens. He's the only coach to blow three, three, one leads. Um, I mean, <laughs> must I go on? I mean, he's just, he's just a loser. He sucks. Um, and Reminder that literally the Clippers in the bubble, like Clipper players have talked about how they didn't want to be there, um, which obviously is an indictment of the players like Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. But also that's an indictment of Doc Rivers. Like you, you, you cannot l- allow your team's morale to get to that point. Clearly he had no control over the situation and on the court. Don't get me started about the shit that he pulled. It was terrible. I can, I can go on for days, but just telling you it's, it's horrible. He's he's a bad coach, top to bottom. He got he got lucky winning one ring for a team that had Rondo, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett. I mean, good job, good job, Doc Rivers. He really killed it with that one. Um, that poor Milwaukee. Yeah, a hundred percent agree with you. Um, it just makes me grateful to have a guy like Eric Spolstra in my organization, who I never have to worry about being a complete dumbass. In fact, it's quite yep. the opposite. Eric Spolstra carries the Miami Heat more than anything. Like, he is an unbelievable head coach. And shout out to the Heat organization for giving him the big contract after his divorce got finalized. That was that was awesome from Miami. That's Heat culture. That is Heat culture right there. <laughs> Keep Give 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 Spo the bag. Uh, my D4 of the Week is going to hop out of sports this week, actually. Uh, might be the frattiest D4 of the Week I've ever done in my life. But I'm going against uh, Chuck Schumar, if you guys know where I'm headed with this. Um, this fuck wants to ban Zins and get rid of Zins. And, you know, I let the Mango Jewel Pod go away way too easy. Um, the Zin is not going away. I will stand up and revolt against this movement. Uh, yeah, it, it, he needs to shut the hell up and get out of Congress because he's a piece of shit. And this sounds like the most frat douchebag D4 of the week, but no, yeah, I won't stand for it. If you drive okay, away, I know you're about those Zinachinos, Jackson. Oh, the Zimbabwe's? I, Jackson, I just had to take a phone call, and I missed all of that. Give me the abbreviated version, because I just came back to you saying this is like Zins. the biggest piece of shit Congress yeah, has ever uh, had. Chuck Schumar trying to get rid of Zins, that piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I will not stand for it, and he needs to oh, yeah. fuck the okay. hell off with that, because... <laughs> He has no right to take away my lip pillows, all right? No right. I, look, no right. I agree. Look, before I, – I haven't even seen that this is a thing, but it's stupid. Because if we're – before this becoming the political time, Casey, um, if we're not going to talk about banning cigarettes, then I don't oh, want to hear the, the word problem, though. It's these big cigarette companies controlling yeah. our politicians to get rid of it. And I yep. will not stand for it. No, no, no. You're not doing yeah. this. If this ever gets passed, I'm going to have to go to Quick Trip and buy like as much as they have and stock up because this is bullshit. I am on my Justin Jefferson arc, and I I will not stand for this. I will not stand for this. It is bullshit. It is. This might be one of the dumbest D4 of the weeks I've ever heard. <laughs> my Justin Jefferson arc. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when is, you said that, I lost all respect. This is, this is Dictatorship 101. Taking Zins off the shelves. I'm mostly fucking around. I'm I'm mostly, I'm mostly fucking around here, but still, like, I don't think you are. Chuck Schumar is a piece of shit who needs to just lay the hell off. 
Appreciate everybody for listening. We'll end it on that note. And we'll see you next week to break down Super Bowl weekend.